This is HPR episode 1975 entitled, Interview with Android Developer. It is hosted by Sigflop, and is about 14 minutes long. The summary is, Sigflop here, and holy crud it turns out my brother-in-law is an Android developer. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. We're here with Dylan, Android developer. Dylan, whose name, last name, shall I mean nameless. How are you doing, Dylan? Doing all right. So you're into Android development for, for your job, right? Yeah, I've been doing it, I guess, professionally for about three years and maybe four years total. Oh, my goodness. It's been four years? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, the, the thing I like to ask people when it comes to any of these interviews is how you got into computers in the first place. Oh, man. I did. Uh, I was not that into computers until I took a class in college uh, where we basically did like microcontroller programming and like breadboard cool. prototyping. And so you had to take a, just like a microchip, uh, put it on a breadboard, like build the power supply for it and all the peripheral things you wanted it to do and then write C programs for it. Oh, okay. So that was like a lot of uh, diving into data sheets to learn how things work. Yeah. It was sort of like really going under the hood and figuring stuff out. And that's where I kind of. I think the the, t- the moment I really fell in love with it was when I learned how to um, kind of make it talk to like a PC, like the microcontroller, and yeah. then I was like, oh geez, I could do like anything now. The serial, I take it. Yeah, yeah, so that's that, cool. That was just kind of one of those like things that was always uh, magic to me, and then suddenly I could do it, and everything seemed possible. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was the parallel port that I used to uh, interface things with. Um, which is, it's really empowering because the computer is connected to it. And with the computer, you can do pretty much anything, right? And uh, so, um, well, it wasn't the basic stamp. You said it was in C, so it can't be the basic stamp. Yeah, so it was actually just like a, it was a microchip, like pick. That was a pick? Yep. All right. And cool. then we had like a, uh, I can't remember the, we did basically a C compiler. Keel, probably, or something like that. I can't remember. It was like, I think it was like an IDE as well that our professor or something had got for us. So we okay, cool. just had that and then like a like a five wire uh, thing that like lo- load your programs on. And, uh, so so did you start programming computers then or? Um... I, I guess, yeah, that was like my first real. Uh, cool. So you, you were introduced with C. Yep. That's awesome. Basically, I think I'd taken like some C, C++ class before, but never like really wasn't like super relevant what I was studying at the time. I was doing mechanical engineering, and it seemed like I'll never use programming. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very much a software. I'm a software junkie. Um, so I'm not so much with the hardware, but I, I still think hardware is rather interesting. Um, so you've I heard through the grapevine that you won this Red Bull challenge, or is it? Uh, yeah, so that was else? like I think that was about five years ago as well. Oh yeah, something like that. Jeez, time flies. I know, but yeah, that was fun. That was like a five hackathon put on by Red Bull, where uh, basically had uh, seventy-two hours to do a build based around some theme that you didn't learn until like the day of the build. Yeah. And so you had a team of four people and just 
sort of like drank a lot of caffeine and worked a there lot. There you go. Yeah. So what what got you into Android development? Um. So I'm trying to think. Well, it's sort of like I really liked doing like the microcontroller programming, but it was always like, oh, it'd be kind of cool if I had like a you know like a touchscreen input or like yeah. a screen or like. Oh, now I want to connect to the internet, and that was like essentially the, that was like what a smartphone was was all that stuff packaged for you. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I had a friend that was uh, doing iPhone and Android development, and I didn't didn't own a uh, a Mac at the time, so he couldn't do iPhone programming really without one or without jumping through some hoops. So yeah. uh, I decided to like bought an Android phone so so that I could program it, and then just sort of slowly Sweet. learn by hacking on it and yeah. making tons of mistakes. So. Cool, cool. That's awesome. So, um, uh, do you use uh, an IDE like Eclipse or something like that? I, I use Android Studio. Android Studio. Okay, that's pretty wicked. Yeah, I started started out in Eclipse, and then my first like professional job, they were using like the very first version of Android Studio. I see. Um, so, uh, do you do you use out of curiosity your your development cycle, your iterations, you know, testing iterations? Do you use the emulator or do you use actual hardware? I generally uh, will have. I generally use hardware. Um, I think the emulator is way better than it used to be, and yeah. but in my head, it's not. Even yep. so. Same with me. So yeah, I don't. I don't do that. Um, but yeah, so I basically have like I, I use a Nexus Five. I just like almost always just use that sort of stock Android, and then usually have like some um, older Samsungs lying around because yep. they'll generally have some like extra button or like extra feature that like normal yep. Android phones don't have and that'll eventually throw you off. So I uh, usually have like yeah an old like a 4.0 version or something of Android running on like an old slow Samsung phone and sort of use that as my yeah. baseline sort of poor performance phone. Yeah, I see. Um, yeah, I uh, um, I'm yet to I uh, my father has uh, he bought my S2, my Galaxy S2, so I'm going to buy it back from him. <laughs> and he's that. Right now I use um, a Note 3 and uh, Samsung S6 Edge Plus for development. Nice. And uh, one thing I've noticed is um, the Note 3 is fine without having a precision um, marker, I guess, in GLSO, where you, you need a pre- precision, like, this floating points are high precision, something like that. So that was one thing. Um, I'm finding a lot, a lot of my apps... Don't work on that. What you have in your hand right now, Interesting. the Galaxy S6 Edge Plus. So, um, now Zach, because like, are you you're doing a lot of stuff not in Java Land, right? Yep, okay. I do very little in Java Land. So you you do a lot in Java, right? Yeah, that's basically it. I have a little experience. Like one of the company I worked for has used like sort of like um, the JNI before to like. So you had a few different like methods in C that would yeah. um, collect stuff from like the SysFS files of. Okay. Whatever device you're running on, and eventually we ported that to uh, to Java because, like, I don't think we needed. I don't know if there actually was a performance gain there. It was sort of a yeah, the, legacy thing that was around, and like, it's the Java is so fast right now. It's pretty negligible the the performance increase when it comes to running something in, in native. And, I, and I'm not sure, like, who, who like. We, we kept running into, like, I'd get, like, seg faults randomly. Yeah, and, and it was like, the seg faults. It seemed to, like, never really be reproducible, and it was like, yeah. ugh, this is, like, more of a hassle than it's worth, yeah. so. Yeah, C and C++ programs are a little bit difficult to, to debug, especially when they're on a on a device. Do you just use uh, log, like the log? For debugging. For debugging, or do you use anything else? Uh, yeah, usually it is just, like, yeah, log.i or whatever. And log, log.v, and, uh, I think, is... For, de- like for debug, yeah. So, 
most, yeah, mostly do that, and that, that'll kind of help you hunt stuff down. But so, what are you what are you currently doing? If you maybe you have an any uh, no closer this no disclosure agreement here, but oh no, I'm uh, currently I work for a company that's I, I write an, uh, an Android SDK for them, and yeah, uh, one thing that they uh, figured out how to do is they sort of like made a heat transfer model around like Android phones, different models of Android phones, and so we can oh. um, essentially use the uh, the thermocouple inside of the battery in the phone to predict the ambient temperature around the phone. So you can that's, watch. That's late. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> it's pr- pretty hardcore. Um, the so you essentially like every model of phone you need to run through this like calibration cycle and yeah. find some sort of like heat transfer constants. But then uh, yeah, we essentially have a you can like run the SDK on any device. It'll like call to our servers to get a calibration file if you have one. If we've cool. made one, and then it'll uh, yeah run that and run temperature predictions. Um, and it's sort of like remotely controllable. Like you can configure some different things remotely. Like uh, cool. so, it's yeah. So like a customer sort of have like has a portal that they can you know this is like how many times I want to take temperature per hour or you know I want to turn it off completely or, or yeah. things, things like that. It's interesting. And that that was yeah that's been a good. Yeah, uh, you know, I'd, I'd never written like a, a distributable like SDK before, so that was like a learning experience for how yeah. to do that on Android. Um, yes. Also, you know, just, like, keeping, like, re- trying to keep really good documentation for once, uh, since, like, someone actually has to, like, understand all this, this public API for it, and, um, so that, that's been all, like, sort of stuff I never had to do before, because I was basically, re- for a while, I was writing just, uh, working at dev shop, so you're, you, a lot of that times that documentation doesn't need to be there, because it's sort of a quickly spinning off an app for someone. Yeah. Oh, I forget the sound, the noise here, it's actually, uh, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Yeah. So, you Everyone's being married. Everyone's being married, indeed. So you, you, uh, if you don't want me asking about it, you had a bug in. I did. A customer-facing piece of code. Yep. So I shipped a uh, our, one of the first versions of our SDK out to a customer. We did a lot of testing. They did a lot of testing and didn't. Uh, this bug didn't pop up, but. Essentially, I had a uh, had a bug in my uh, SQLite upgrade code that uh, mi- missing a space character, you know, yep. classic story, and uh, I, I did not don't have like a didn't have automated testing set up, so it was like a code path I never ran, and I sort of like neglected to think about running this, and uh, yeah, the upgrade path got run, and like it crashed on several devices, and jeez. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good learning experience. Something I won't do again. Learn some things from it. And do you do, you do a lot of testing? Or? Yeah, it's like mostly manual. I I'm sort of just like wrapping my head around doing like unit testing and okay. stuff for Android. I think in general, sort of what I've learned is that uh, it's, a lot of it is like an architecture decision uh, to do like using like dependency injection to make like easily testable and swappable yeah. classes and stuff like that. So. Uh, that's kind of my next task for this SDK in the next, like, month or so will be to sort of see how much test coverage we can get. And, you know, there's, like, places where that's super useful, like, uh, in, like, a database, uh, so kind of your CRUD code for database. Like, it'd be really nice to have that testable because I've yeah. certainly introduced really, like, bugs that I have not found for a long time because I decided to start, like, sorting uh, sorting results by, like, ascending order instead of descending order or something like that, and not, like, changing the rest of the code to accommodate yeah. that, so... I see. Um, so, um... So what was your... What was the first Android program that you wrote? Uh, I tried to do... So my, my first project was, uh... 
just like a for fun thing. But I wanted to make like a. I just get been getting into running at the time and wanted to make like a running tracker app. So okay, uh, I was essentially like you needed to be able to sort of like uh, you know start GPS, like record your GPS coordinates, um, yeah, and sort of keep those in some sort of collection and then sort of save your route so you could you could see on like a Google map when you were done like the route that you would run. Um, and then collect the statistics like time and uh, you know, average speed stuff like that, um, and then sort of so yeah it was just kind of a a for fun project but yeah I learned a lot of like UI stuff learned how to like work with some of the, like the Android sensor APIs um, cool. and uh, you know just like learned. G- GPS, as it turns out, can sometimes be a little bit difficult to debug because, like, yep. you want to be like moving around, to, like get a new, make sure your real location is changing, and yep. uh, you have power issues that can crop up if you're like hmm. using it too heavily or using you know more accuracy than you really need, kind of. And, um, and this was like you know, a few years ago, so this was before like Google Play Services uh, location yep. uh, APIs, which is uh, once you get it set up, is like. I think in general a little easier to use and can save you some power, but okay. All right, cool. I think uh, I think we uh, go back to our Christmas uh, duties. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you take care. All right, later. Bye bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.